Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hi! <laughs> you know, normally this is a show where we'd be talking about a new movie that's playing in theaters, but you know, theaters are on hard times right now. They're having a rough go of it. That's true. Yeah, on our last episode, we talked about Tenet, and at the time, we didn't know how it was going to do at the box office. Nobody knows how, how anything's going to do during a pandemic. It's completely different landscape. You know, it was the first big budget movie to kind of take a leap in theaters. And it did not do well. I mean, it's doing a little better overseas. But here in the States, over about like three weeks, it's taken in about like $36 million. I mean, that's not even getting into it. What was it, like $200 million to make? Yeah, I think at least. One of the most expensive original movies ever made. I- I've told you this before, but if it was a better movie, I think... That would help. It, it would have... And not confusing. I mean, it was very confusing movie it's not the most like accessible audience friendly movie yeah Yeah. that that's true but i mean under normal circumstances this would have been doing much better and also you still have as of this recording new york and la still haven't opened their theaters yet right yeah so that's still a major blow and that um, just shows that you know outside of new york and la people don't really go to the movies all that much unless it's a superhero movie (laughs) unless it's a superhero movie you're right but, I mean, things in the theaters have been crap. I mean, I don't blame people for not going to the movies because the content hasn't been there in a long time. You're talking about, like, pre-pandemic? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really been Disney running the show. You know, with these current circumstances, it feels like audiences clearly, they're not ready to go back to the movies. No. You know, and so in response to these low grosses and what clearly seems to be a depressed market, studios... They're uh, they're moving uh, their films off the calendar. They're just bumping them off. So Wonder Woman, that's now supposed to open over Christmas. Uh, even like smaller movies yeah. have been bumped. So theaters have like virtually nothing to play for, I mean, at least another month or two. Yeah, you got James Bond, maybe over Thanksgiving at that whole. <laughs> it's, they, just, they really like just jumped ship when they saw how low the grosses were for Tenet. And... Mm-hmm. You know, our show, it's dependent on having theatrical releases on the calendar. So I don't even know what we're going to be talking about on our next episode after this one. Like, that's (laughs) that's how in flux things are right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure things are going to shift around, but I definitely don't envy theaters during this time. Right now is probably the safest time to go to the theaters. Well, they're because very clean it's and they're clean, empty. They're empty. I think people are, are. Everybody's wearing masks. I mean, it's all about social distance. You're not even allowed to wear a gator, a mask. Correct. In yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be standard issue, like yeah. medical style. And yeah, they'll stop you if you're if you're not wearing the right mask. So they're strict on it. But yeah, I think there's a misconception of like what theaters are. Yeah. Like I think people are thinking like they're still like dirty and packed with people. And I wouldn't go into a packed theater right now, not no. during a pandemic, but that's not the case. No. Like most theaters, odds are you're gonna have your pick of wherever you wanna sit and there's not gonna be anyone around you. And there is at least in the AMC that we went to they had disinfectant wipes, like right before you go into the theater. Going into the theater, yeah, a big and, tub of disinfectant and, wipes. And then so <laughs> I took some disinfectant wipes and disinfected your seat, my seat, our like little, like... <laughs> in this empty theater. In this empty theater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand people are wary of going back to the movies, but I mean, the reality is that... You got thousands of auditoriums. Yeah. No one's really going to the movies. So these auditoriums are empty and they are clean. 
I, I will say, I we went to go see Broken Hearts Gallery, just wanting to get out of the house and didn't really expect much from it. But I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the better movies I've seen in months. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what is that even saying? I know, I know. <laughs> but and no, it, definitely. And it was produced by Selena Gomez. No, definitely, definitely a good date movie. Definitely. If you're, if you're up for going out to the movies, uh, yeah, you and your date, go see Broken Hearts Gallery. Yeah, you and I would definitely recommend that. Yeah. So, yeah, f- solid movie. Very entertaining. We also saw, we were going to do an episode on Mulan. Mulan, yep, because that but was... But then we saw it. Yeah. And it's terrible. Well, no, I disagree with you. I think it's 100%. Absolute garbage. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The only thing I would say about Mulan is I wish that it was still a musical. It wasn't a musical in the... um, Yeah, no music, no humor, no fun. It's terrible. It's not. But what I really liked what Disney did, I mean, smart. You had to be a Disney Plus member... Which you have to pay what fourteen bucks a month? No, I think Disney plus like seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine, but then you have to pay for the actual movie, which was thirty dollars. Yeah, but you don't get to keep the movie, and le- I mean, if you if you just, as long as you have Disney plus, as long you as can you watch have, the movie exactly. Sure. It's but pretty messed you, up, yeah. Especially <laughs> considering the movie is so terrible. It's not worth thirty bucks. It's not worth anything. But they did it right, and I think this is how theaters, AMC, they need to get a streaming platform. They for do new releases. AMC has a streaming. Then they division. need to get on with it, and they need to get. <laughs> They're on the, it. They need to get the movie theater, or they need to get the studios in their streaming platform. Like like streaming movies that are still playing in theaters, still playing in theaters. That then why are keep new theaters releases? open? Why why not just shut down theaters if that's what you're going to do? I mean, theaters are getting ready to shut down anyways. <laughs> Might as well keep AMC afloat and, and maybe change their business model. The way you keep theaters open is by providing them with content that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, you got to go to the theater to see it. That's the whole point. And then in a couple of months, you can see it at home. That's how you keep theaters open. Half the year, no movies were being shot. I mean, like, there, yeah. there is definitely going to be lack of content next year. We're, well, I mean, we're living through that lack of content. There's, like, one or two There's movies playing. There's content out there, but the theaters aren't releasing it. Or the, the studios True. aren't releasing it. Yeah, so the big content. I was going to say the big expensive movies studios are holding, but now at this point, like studios are holding everything, even like the mid-range movies. Like Warner's took the first hit uh, by throwing Tenet out there, like the first leap with a big budget movie. And now that everyone sees how depressed the grosses are and just how reluctant people yeah. are to go back, well, everyone's gun shy and no no one wants to go next. Well, and, and honestly, and that's I mean, a real, real we're, problem. We're- Going into a recession, too, people aren't going to be spending their extra cash on movies. They're going to be spending their extra cash on food. Well, are going to, are people going to be spending their extra cash on, like, $20 movie rentals? I mean, if they're like not Like this Annabellum I mean, that we watched? So what, what's going to happen is they're not going to be paying for cable. They're probably going to be cutting their cable. And then they'll have... And going with the streaming packages. And going packages. with the streaming packages. <laughs> I mean, that's what we did, but we didn't do it out of necessity. We just did it because cable's crap. But we bought Antebellum, and this is the movie that we are going to be talking about. Yeah, this this was a twenty dollar yep. rental. This is like premium VOD. Yep. This this was supposed to come out in theaters back in April, 
But instead, you know, went to premium streaming. But this could have gone to theaters because theaters are open, mm-hmm. right? Like, and theaters need content. Yeah. <laughs> like, theaters have nothing. I'm sure they would have been happy to play this movie on thousands of screens. But yeah, so you can watch this at home for 20 bucks, and it currently has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's not good at all. No. And you know, we'll, we'll, try, we'll keep things generally spoiler-free before we take a break, but anyone who's seen the trailers can pretty easily predict what this movie's big twist is, and it's kind of like uh, 12 Years a Slave, yeah. if it were written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I guess so. <laughs> Um, and this movie, it even it accused you right in the beginning, it like over black before we see anything, we see a, a quote from William Faulkner, the past is never dead. It's not even past. Yeah. So there's your clue right there. Uh, but yeah, this movie, it takes place on a Confederate plantation in Louisiana. Uh, hence the title referring to the antebellum South. Yeah. And we are kind of instantly thrust right into the harbors of slavery. Oh my God. <laughs> It was, I mean... A little rougher than, than I was expecting. I and mean, it was just very uncomfortable. I mean, very much like, I can't believe that... This is America. This is America. <laughs> or, I mean, this is how America was born. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's upsetting stuff. And this is where we meet our main character, Eden, who's played by Janelle Monet. And for the first uh, 35 minutes, it's really just about, like, the abuse and the degradation that she and her fellow slaves are subjected to by these Confederate soldiers, one of whom is played by Jack Houston. Jenna Malone is also here as the plantation owner. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we see a number of shootings, beatings, hangings, burnings. uh, Branding. In this opening act. um, Like, for the first 35 minutes, it's it's about as, like, violent and disturbing as, like, Django Unchained or 12 Years a Slave, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was brutal. I mean, It's not pulling any punches. They had a a woman getting pulled by the neck on a horse. Yes. A pregnant woman is beaten, and she has a miscarriage. Yes. And then she's hung? Well, she commits suicide. Right. I guess that's mild spoiler. <laughs> this is all in the thir- first 35 minutes. Uh, we're just, we're just kind of setting the stage for the horrors of the antebellum South and just the horrors of slavery on this plantation. And um, yeah, I mean, to really go any further, it's um, it would be getting to spoilers. Yeah, we need so, to take a break. Yeah, so I guess just overall, uh, what, what did you think of this film? Well, I thought it took too long for the main character to fight back. I thought it's really not until the end. It's really not until the very, very end. It eventually, evolves into like an like, escape. There's yeah. an escape plan. You know, honestly, I I would have loved to see more or less like maybe the fight being like halfway in and she escapes, and then you know seeing why these people did what they did. Well, I think in the beginning, like, isn't she reprimanded because there there was an escape attempt like right at the top? Yeah. Okay, so I mean, she's... Well, she was helping people escape. Yes, right. Or trying to. Yeah, it would have been nice to see her. I guess um, push back a little bit in that opening act. She's really just uh, taking abuse. Yeah, but and then she gets branded. Right. Yeah, I forgot about the branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice branding scene. Yeah. Right off the top. Yeah, it's rough stuff. I mean, it's 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 it, it, uncomfortable. It's a good uncomfortable. To me, it felt a little a little exploitative, I guess. I mean, uh, and we can get into that in spoilers. 
it's a lot of it felt like it's it's really just kind of being played for shock value. Yeah. Especially when it's right off the top without any real context. I mean, you know you know there's some kind of twist coming, but without any real like character building, it's just scenes of abuse. Well, yeah, you off the top, scenes of abuse right know off the top. You don't any background story of any of these characters. It just felt like you're like we're sh- kind of shoving people's faces in it yeah. a little bit. I mean, uh, at least in 12 Years a Slave, you get a buildup before the horrors start happening. You know, it's not just like like hangings and beatings right off the top. <laughs> like there is there is a, a, a buildup and an introduction in, into that world. I mean, the same with Django Unchained. I, I mean... But, I mean, honestly, do you think that you... It's just you, weird you, doing you this right at the top. uncomfortable or you feel like it's exploitative because, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a race issue, right? Like... I didn't feel like it was exploitative in those other two films. Yeah. I mean, those movies are um, working within a historical context. It's true. And they're not, like, going for genre kicks yeah. and, like, well, twists and thrills. Yeah, I mean, this like, is Like, 12 not, Years a Slave is a straight-up drama. Yeah, this is not... Antebellum is not based on a true, like, a real story. This movie doesn't really have a whole lot to say about slavery. No. So that's why, like, the specific scenes of violence felt a little overdone like you can set the stage on a plantation you can allude to a lot of this but if you're going to show it like you kind of need to earn it i guess with um better performances maybe well yeah i thought better i mean just better writing i mean it's we're dealing with some rough stuff and again you just you need to like what is this movie's intent? Yeah. What is this movie's intent? And that I mean we that gets into spoilers. Yeah. Let let's take a break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into spoilers for Antebellum. <laughs> All right, we're back and uh we're gonna get into spoilers for Antebellum. And so yeah, this is it takes place in modern times. Yep. And this uh plantation it, it's part of like a Civil War reenactment. Reenactment, Civil War for Robert E. Lee on some... I, some kind of Louisiana yeah, Confederate ground. Battle <laughs> whatever. We yeah. don't get that full reveal until like the very end, like the whole Civil War reenactment. But we find out just like kind of like at the end of the first act, like a cell phone rings. Yeah. Uh, it looks like she's sleeping and then she's awoken by a cell phone ringing. And it's a flashback. And then, yeah, and she has a flashback of her family and, like, before she got kidnapped. And she's just a regular gal. She's she's not just a regular gal, but she's a gal who... (laughs) She has a platform on TV. She has a platform. I mean, she's she's a commentator on on CNN. I mean, you know... She's speaking truth to power. It's kind of hard to talk about it. I mean... Because we're white? Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. Well, I, I just say she's speaking truth to power. She is, and like <laughs> she's got a husband, she's got a daughter, she's got a, a very, she's got a nice house. Yeah, there's nice she's doing restaurants. Good. I mean, she is doing well. She's got like a an Ivy League degree. I mean, she is. And this pisses off some people. Yes, it pisses off Jenna Malone's character. Well, not Jenna Malone's character. It's her dad, who is kind of the the owner. Of the plantation and of this whole shebang, he he created this, and I think he saw her on TV and kind of fell in love with her. Oh yeah, and we—that's another thing we get in like the opening. We get a rape yeah. scene. Yes, we have straight straight up rape scene. Yes, again, like a little exploitative. Like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> 
And it's just, it's a lot. So yeah, there is a rape scene. And yeah, that guy, he just, he had his eye on Eden, whose real name is... Veronica. Veronica. Mm-hmm. And so he uses Jenna Malone to kind of rope her in. Yep. It's kind of an effective reveal when we see Jenna Malone, um, like, like on the phone or in like a... Like video chat, whatever. Yeah. And she looks completely different. 100% different. That's kind of yeah. effective. I, I wish this movie had more surprises. Yeah. I mean. I kind of knew this was going to be a twist. Right. I, I mean, well, it, it wasn't a. Th- that's a problem. Yeah. The way this movie's structured. And if you c- just kind of know going in, I mean, part of that is the marketing. I understand they can't market this as a straight slavery drama yeah because it's not that you have to market like something else is well, going it's a on thriller it's supposed to right. be it's like a horror film sure a little bit of like get out yeah yeah it's like a thriller with some social commentary it's just, i mean get out wasn't this heavy-handed uh, i would say and this like aggressively on the nose yeah i guess i mean get out is not the, the most subtle movie. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. But um, but yeah, this movie, yeah, that's another problem I had. It just it felt a little heavy handed, just with how we're getting our point across. And I thought the lead, <laughs> we get it. The lead actress, Janae, Janelle Monet, Janelle Monet, not great. Um, she did not bring not great any nope thing in my opinion <laughs> to this. I, I mean, sure didn't this movie i mean at the end when she was running through the reenactment like with her i mean it was it's comical like we laughed <laughs> and that's not supposed to be a laughing moment yeah that's she's... supposed to be like a liberation moment like she's free and she just like ah you know wants to it's yell. like like braveheart like yeah. on the battlefield yeah she's not selling that no she's not selling that i just i um yeah i'm not sure like, did you like janelle monet and hidden figures I did, yes. Right. She was awesome in that movie. Sure. That was her like big breakout, yeah. I guess. Yeah, she's not she's not very effective here. Mm-mm. There's just, there's a range of emotions required that she is not she's not bringing to the yeah. table. She's kind of like in the same mode whether she's being branded with a hot iron, whether she's going out looking for dick with Gabourey Sidube, whether she's charging <laughs> yeah. on the battlefield. That's a whole weird sequence where she's we're going not- out, we're going out with Gabourey Sidube. That's what I'm saying. Like, this movie's giving me some whiplash. Like, we're going from hangings and brandings and rape to just gals out on the town looking for dick. I mean... Well, she wasn't. It doesn't. The two tones... Her friend was. The two tones are not are not working for me. Yeah. But, I mean, it was before and after, right? You have to get, like, that flashback in there. <laughs> But we, we got to make it like a Meg how, Ryan rom-com? How she got kidnapped. Well, okay, that's fine. But why are we making it like a Meg Ryan rom-com? Yeah, I didn't like Gabrielle. I didn't like... What movie is she coming in from? Gabrielle? Is that how you pronounce her name? Gabrielle Sidube. And I like Gabrielle She's great. She's precious. Um... But I just it just seems far fetched that her and Veronica would be friends. Like she just blew in from a Katherine Heigl romantic comedy. Yeah, and she's like <laughs> the wacky sidekick. Yeah, I just you know it's dumb, especially after we saw like almost forty minutes of like slave horror. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on, movie? Like you have Veronica <laughs> as very refined, and then you have Gabernet's character. Gabernet. 
we have Gabourey's character comes in and is supposed to be like the comedic relief, but it just falls flat. Yeah, we don't. I, don't, I would say we don't really need like. I mean, she broad comedy she, after watching she, slavery. You scenes. know what? She acted or she tried to bring out the Tiffany Haddish, and it just didn't work. Yeah, not not wrong movie. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. Yeah, but we um yeah we we eventually cut back to like you know the plantation. After this flashback, extended flashback scene where we see her get like kidnapped in a car. Yeah. And yeah, and that's when like she plans her escape. I don't know. I think I think her character, um, Janelle's character, I think she was a little jealous of Veronica, um, in my opinion, because her daddy loves Veronica. Jenna Malone's character. Yeah. Yeah. And Jenna Malone, she ends up getting like drugged by a horse oh, yeah. and slammed into I mean, like a Confederate I will, monument. I will tell you, that's that, what I'm talking about. Like yeah. a little on the nose, like she's like slammed into like a Confederate Robert E. Lee's. Ro- she's yeah. yeah, drugged by a horse into Robert E. Lee's monument. Yes, <laughs> like okay, like, like head we first, like we complete, get it, like <laughs> n- conked out and dead. Um, I mean, it's fun to see. I mean, it is good times. Yeah, I mean the the payback. Is fun to watch. Sure. Because she burns people alive. She kills somebody with a sword. Yeah, it's not as... Like, like, the, whole, the whole revenge aspect, and that's really... The, that's what this is setting up, uh, is really just like a, a whole revenge climax. It was satisfying for me. I was like, finally. Like, I, sure. I, I'm getting pissed off that, you know, she, she took this long to... To fight back. Well, Django's kicking ass right in, from the beginning. From the beginning. And Django. Yeah. So, yeah, Django's a lot better with that. And, yeah, this this character is not great. But, uh, yeah, she does escape. Like, she she's the one. She gets on horseback. She drags her dead into a monument. Well, there, <laughs> then, there's a battle scene. Not a battle scene, but there is a, a fight between the two. Like, they're both on horseback. And so they're trying to shoot each other. How, did, how does she kill her, her rapist? Like, with a hatchet? Isn't there like a hatchet involved with uh, killing the the no, guy who wanted her? It, no, t- they got a sword and they put the sword in like the side, like a kidney or something. Okay, I thought there was a hatchet. There is a hatchet at involved. one point. That's the the male slave. Okay, has the hatchet and then it got st- uh, took away and then does the, he die? The male slave dies with the hatchet in him. Right. Yeah, he he was helping her. Mm-hmm. I guess escape. Uh, I guess it, it would have made sense, like, if Janelle, along with, like, her friends, were kidnapped into this plantation. Yeah. But in both modes, it's characters who, like, were just getting int- reintroduced to. Well, I like, think... Like, there aren't any carryovers. No, there's not. Well, there, I think they're, the one that committed suicide, I think, went to um, Veronica's, like, pep, pep talk or, like, conference. Okay. And that's how the girl kind of went to her and be like, you're from Virginia, right? I'm from North Carolina. And it's like, you don't talk about that. Um, but we don't see that girl in the flashback. Don't, so no. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, you have this opportunity with this flashback to kind of, like, weave in some some characters. So that's, um, yeah, she, she rides through the Civil, Civil War reenactment. And it's... You know, it's all in slow motion. I mean, the movie's good looking. Yeah. Like, the movie's got some style. I mean, cin- cinematography was great. It's a good looking movie. It's, um, yeah, com- confidently made. Yeah. But like, yeah, the structure is weird. And I don't think it fully comes off. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I, I think I would rate this movie overall probably a C. Sure. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give it like a C plus, I guess. Yeah. Just Yeah, just, for the cinematography. Just because, I mean, like the, the acting wasn't that great. 
it's provocative. It I mean, is provocative. and it's, it, it held my interest. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't say I was really bored. Like aspects of it are a little frustrating and a little half baked, but it holds your interest and it is, it's good looking and it's original. And these uh, filmmakers, like two first time filmmakers. Yeah. And it's a movie. It's, needed, it's audacious. Yeah. And, and it's a movie that's needed for um, right now. And it's all about people still wanting to have be be like it was in the antebellum south and kidnapping people and slavery today i mean it it, it is very provocative it is very much a conversation starter yeah it aims to provoke yeah. a discussion and um is it worth seeing <laughs> I think so. Just so, I mean... Just to see it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, don't, just don't expect much. I think we're harsh critics, don't you? <laughs> this guy's a 27%. I know. We're harsh? I, don't... <laughs> I mean... 27%, that, that's like a D. That's yeah. like a D minus. That's a D I'm minus. giving it like a C plus. Yeah. Is it a good date movie? Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, is, is 12 Years a Slave a good date movie? <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, no, this wasn't no. a good date. No, I mean, ten, this, ten this minutes in. Ten minutes in, it's like, no, this is... If you're on a date, like, yeah. watching this, like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Antebellum, directed by Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at dnmoviepodcast, and you can also email us at datenightmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you know, I don't know what the next episode will be, but it, it'll be it'll be something. It'll be something. We'll figure something out. Maybe. So until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.